Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Uh, today I am speaking with Paul Galetta. Paul is a former member of the school board in New York State. And I started noticing Paul because I was looking into some of the stuff that's going around critical race theory. And then I started noticing it was getting into education curriculums and Paul was looking into that. So I got interested in it and I was hoping to speak to Paul, see what he's found and his concerns and you know, where this is coming from. Hey Paul, thanks for coming on. Hey, Obeid, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Right on. So listen, first of all, um, I appreciate you having me on and, and helping shed light on this issue. Um, what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is just kind of give a general overview of kind of this worldview, this ideology that, that's coming into the school systems, and then maybe explain a little bit of my background on, on how, that, my no. relevant background, how I came to find out about it. That works, man. Okay. Yeah. So, so generally, um, there's you know a worldview, an ideology that's been that's been growing for the past few decades, mostly in in universities and academia, um, and it's and it's now starting to to enter into and be implemented into the the K-12 education system. Now, as you mentioned, I'm a former school board member in New York State, and you know, so I'm looking at this more from Specifically, uh, what's happening in New York State, but also what's happening in the, you know, in, in the, in the United States. I know you're up in Canada, and I and I know it's, it seems like you guys are dealing with the same issues up there as well. Yeah. Um. So anyway, let me let me just explain kind of the worldview uh, briefly. Uh, this ideology kind of separates and categorizes people um, primarily based on their their group identity. And then it looks at these groups in terms of privilege and oppression, uh, you know, based on those those identities. And then it, it, it views any disparities or inequities or gaps between these groups as being a result of structural and systemic um, power imbalances. And in, in these power imbalances, they, they look at as throughout our entire society. And you'll hear it referred to a lot as the status quo or the dominant narrative or the master narrative or or whiteness. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's even referred to as, as whiteness. Um, and and this these power imbalances that are throughout society has must be disrupted and dismantled in order to um, in order for other groups to gain power and achieve equity. Now, there was a lot going on in, in, in that description that, that we'll talk about and discuss you know, yeah. throughout our conversation here. Um, but on top of that, the worldview, it, it looks at these structural imbalances coming from, well, it, it kind of describes structural imbalances in terms of racism, cis-heteropatriarchy, um, settler colonialism, and white supremacy. Right. So it sees these as 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 structural uh, problems in our society. And they're not they're not looked at as individual acts. It's it's it's, it's structural systemic things that are that are kind of like in the air we breathe or it's referred to as kind of like in the water that we swim in. It's just it's everywhere. Yeah. OK. I don't want to interrupt. I just want to. I, I, sorry. I just I just want to like that what you're talking about. The way I try to describe to my friends who, to, who like can't get their heads around it. I say, like, if you take a hypothetical that there was, you know, just take the United States, right? 
that there was you could empirically prove that there was no racist act committed in the United States in the last 50 years. Like you can prove it. Like not one person thought something, not one person said something, did something. Everything was equitable, right? Um, and they would still say the system is racist because its founding was racist. So racism has infused the whole system, right? That's how I try to explain it to my friends. And I don't know if you, if you see it that way. Yes. And in fact, you see this in the, the New York Times, uh, the 1619 project and how they're trying to kind of re reframe the founding of, of the United States, um, you know, not on July 4th, uh, you know, 1776, but, uh, you know, in, in 19, uh, excuse me, in 1619, when, you know, the first slaves were brought over and they're trying to, to, to reframe the whole founding of, of the United States based on based on that. Um, so, so, and, and not only, you know, so that's also being, um, prepared for, to start being implemented in, in schools as well. So just on top of that, if you were to suggest that, you know, some of these inequities, these gaps, these disparities, you know, there might be other, some other contributing factors going on here, then and even saying that you are you would be considered a bigot right you ha it's it's only looked at as these structural systemic uh problems now, you know not to say that they don't recognize individual acts but they but they say that those are just manifestations of of a structural problem yeah okay you mentioned the new york times and so and these are opinion pieces, it's editorial uh, section, but it was the front page of the editorial. It was from the editorial staff. It wasn't even someone writing in a letter, right? So there was, I think it was in Brooklyn, there was two black girls and two Latino girls were fighting. I can't remember who started it and who, who beat who up, right? Uh, that's kind of immaterial. But the, the editorial piece said that they learned this because of whiteness. And this is showing white supremacy in action because it's getting two immigrant groups to fight against each other for the white majority. Now, you know, that's all the fit that's print, you know, all the news that's fit to print, like, you know, the, the New York Times, <laughs> like the, the paper of record is saying that when two minorities fight, it's because of white people. And well, that's, that's <laughs> what, that's the foundation of, of the worldview and that, and that's where it's coming from. And yes, you are seeing more and more, uh, behavioral problems and conflict among students in schools. Um, and this is one thing I want to, you know, kind of give you a heads up on. And, and I'll mention this again later, maybe. I mean, this is still in the very early stages of, of implementation. Now, now some places are, are ahead of others, um, but this is still in the very early stages of implementation. And as this comes in, you're going to see more conflict between between students, between between teachers. I mean, th this is really what it what it's. Um, at its base, it's it's designed to to create that conflict, and 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 you will we'll see um, a little bit later. You know, we could talk about how the teachers and the students are being kind of indoctrinated in, into this. The way I started to become aware of this was so um, I have I have two sons. One just graduated high school um, last year. The other one's in eleventh grade. So I spent the last ten or so years very involved in you know, in my local school district, mm. you know, a PTA member, um, being involved in various b building level committees and district level committees, 
And eventually I ran for the school board and, and served one term on the school board, which I just finished at the end of last school year. Um, so and throughout this time, throughout this time, I was seeing things happening in the schools that I didn't really, you know, didn't really fully understand. Couldn't really it wasn't really making sense to me a whole lot, but it didn't really seem like a, that big of a deal. You know, one of the things was, you know, the, the, the emphasis on, you know, diversity and inclusion and equity. And of course, you know, these are very reasonable sounding words, uh, ideas. Right. So you're in these committee meetings or these, you know, you know, whatever, whatever meetings you're at, and you're hearing these terms and being being discussed. And, and you don't really ask too much questions because it, it sounds kind of reasonable. So I, I can see how people kind of can easily be misled or kind of tricked or not really understand what's going on. Um, yeah, but, so, sorry, like that, yeah. that, that's, uh, I don't know if you read Kindly Inquisitors. I mean, I keep talking about this book lately. Yeah, it's, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the humanitarian threat. Because if you ask a bunch of parents, oh, we're going to bring in this diversity stuff because we want to fight racism. Like, you know, unless you're David Duke, like or Richard Spencer, you know, you're not going to say, no, I don't want to fight racism. Everyone said, yeah, like we should fight racism. Sure. But they don't. That's all the thought they give it, right? It's, they don't think beyond that. Oh, the schools are teaching kids not to be racist. That's good. And they right. don't look where it comes from. And obviously, from. They, they remember being in school and, and you know, and, and probably, or just even growing up with their parents or whatever, being taught not, not to be racist and, yeah. and things like that. All, it all seems very, very reasonable, very, you know, things that, that you would want to do, you know, without understanding the, the real meaning behind this new worldview that is very, very different, I think, than what most people certainly our age, you know, kind of, kind of grew up with. Um, so, so that's my, that's the education track, you know, so I, I was, I spent a lot of time um, involved in that and, and, and seeing things, but not really understanding it. Certainly, I'll tell you what, though, when I started hearing equity, you know, you could tell there was something going on there. And, and I want to, I want to spend a little time talking about that in a few minutes. But um, the equity thing is, is, is definitely something to pay attention to. Um, so anyway, so that's one track that, that I was going on. Another track that I was going on was just my general interest in, you know, in social and cultural and political issues and, and just kind of, you know, what's going on in society, right? So, and to be honest with you, I mean, the way things have been the past, you know, five, ten years or whatever, it seems like everything's kind of out of control. It's like things aren't making sense, right? It, it, you know, it, from, 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 from my perspective anyway. Trying to, trying to, trying to understand what's going on. Yeah. Um, well, you and me and both. I know, man. I know you had mentioned that you know you were out of the country for a period of time and, and you, you came back and um and and things kind of had changed, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that was it. Like I left in 2002. No social media, right? Um, and I was on military bases in war zones. So even when social when social media first came out, not allowed to use it. You know, it's. Uh, they don't know this then later on slightly better like they, they opened up a little bit so you had some access but i didn't spend time on it i didn't know what was going on and i come back to north america and it's well i come back to canada and i see oh you're not allowed to talk about this uh you know i see that professor in missouri asking for bodyguard asking for people to a journalism professor at, at you know missouri state or university of missouri like mizzou right um, yep. she's asking for people to come and beat up a student journalist because he's covering a protest and she's a journalism professor now she ended up getting fired but how is that teaching and that's when i started looking into this stuff i'm like what's going on 
And I mean, even back then, like this was in 2014, I think in 2015, uh, like a book from, I think it was junior year high school level in British Columbia came out, textbook. And they were teaching kids this stuff then. So like it's it's been a few years that it's gotten into the school system and it's just slowly going down. Like slowly going down, like it was it was in higher levels. Now it's in going to lower levels. When I say going down, right, right, yeah. it's good, right, coming coming into the into the lower lower grades, elementary yeah. and se- secondary yeah. um, school. So I was trying to figure out what was going on. I, I actually I came across a Jordan Peterson video. Just mm-hmm. looking, I was kind of researching a different subject. I had never heard of him before. I just happened to come across a video, and I watched it, and 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 it seemed interesting. Um, so I started, you know, started paying more attention, you know listening to what he had to say. And then that's when I started learning about um, postmodernism. That was the first time I was kind of like exposed to postmodernism. Now, I I know, you know, from listening to some of your earlier podcasts, you know, you you have, well, I don't want to describe your your views on on, on Jordan Peterson, but you you may have a little bit different views than I do. Regardless, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, The bottom line is that that's, that's what kind of got me interested in and learning about postmodernism because it started to it started to make sense with things that I was starting to see. So he kind of opened me up to a lot of other, you know, a lot of other writers through Quillette magazine and Ariel magazine and a lot of these other, um, you know, other resources. That's when I came across Helen Pluckrose, right? I saw her mm-hmm. on, on one of the, uh, the podcasts and, and, and she was explaining that she had a little bit different view than, than Jordan. And I thought that was interesting because I wanted to learn about it from as many different angles as I could, right? Because I didn't, you know, I didn't want, obviously didn't take it from, from one source. Um, so, you know, once I started learning about postmodernism and, you know, through Helen and then finding James Lindsay and Peter Bogosian and Mike Nana and learning about the, the grievance studies um, project that they did, right? So I'm seeing this and I'm learning more about um, postmodernism and critical theory and, it clicked to me that what I was seeing in, in, in education was connected to this whole postmodernism critical theory uh, ideology. And that's when I, I mean, literally it was like, I was horrified because um, it all, all the pieces started coming together and, and you could see what was happening. And that's when I really started digging into what exactly was going on in the, in the schools. Um, and, and I and I, you know, I went to one of one of my local school board meetings and started to try to raise awareness um, with them just to just to give them a heads up. But as you know, there is like there's a tremendous amount of information behind this, a tremendous amount of background information that you have to know. Like, I'm sure you spent hours and hours and hours. Right. Oh, yeah. Trying to read and, and, and see, watch interviews on postmodernism and, and critical theory. And, you know, people were asking me questions about it. So I decided to make YouTube, some YouTube videos so that I could present the information um, so that people could watch it if they wanted to, or, you know, at least start to get a general idea what it's all about. Yeah, okay, and I mean, I, so I went through, I finished university in the mid nineties. Now, that's when intersectionality uh, postmodernism has already been in the schools, like, and I and I did political science, so I was in the humanities, so I was getting some of this, right? Um, you know, I was getting the cultural relativism, and I was talking about the power and all that stuff, but it didn't it didn't stick, and it wasn't being taught like that. 
So, I mean, that stuff started coming in, like, so I saw a bit of this, did not really knowing what it was and not really paying attention because I'm like, yeah, this is stupid and I'm leaving. I don't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, it, it's slowly morphed. Like my theory on this is, and this is completely, you know, you can tell me I'm Alex Jones and you can tell me this is tinfoil hat. I don't know. But the way I look at it was, so you had the stuff in the 60s coming in. So postmodernism came in and then you had the the civil rights movements and you had the anti-war protests, you had women's rights, you had all this stuff coming through. And people were like, okay, you know what? It's not good to be racist. It's not good to be sexist. It's not good to be, you know, homophobic, whatever. And I agree with all those things. It's not. And so I think they thought, okay, well, maybe we can, we can tell kids about this stuff. It's out there, whatever. So it, it comes in like in very benign. And then they're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to teach this to kids, so we need to teach teachers how to teach this. And then I think like a slow progression of this stuff built up, and it was just built up on one paper after another, people going in, getting PhDs, and you know, getting a stamp of approval, like what uh, Brett Weinstein called ideal laundry. Because right, I mean, exactly. there, is, there is some very... The underpinning of this stuff is important, and it's, it, it may... It talks about some important issues. The way it goes about it is all wrong. And so then, like this is my like this is how I see it happening. And so these people came in, and then like now I, I you know, like the, the the college of educators or whatever, like how this stuff has influenced that. It's they slowly started coming into the administration. I my take on this current iteration of it is around 2000, the first people who were going through gender studies and diversity studies taught on this basis graduated so they came in as interns in the government took entry-level positions at university administrations you know maybe in school boards maybe, you know oh we want to do an anti-racism campaign this guy's got a phd in diversity studies let's hire them right or like it's you know so it makes right. sense that's who you're going to go for because that's where the expertise is and then so and then 2000 unfortunately was also george w bush whatever you want to you know however you feel about it but I think that was a catalyst because 9-11 happened. There was a whole, that's when everything went, became narrative driven. That was when all of these racists are in the office. We have to push back. And so you had all these diversity offices coming up. I think this was like, I think that was a catalyst that got it to grow faster than it should have. Then the internet happened and social media happened and it's sure. And then just yeah. boom. Yeah. And so like it started metastasizing. Like I'm going to say metastasizing because it is like a cancer. It's just growing. It's spreading within. And the more of it you have, the more of it needs. I mean, you hear about universities with more administrators than, than faculty, you know, and you wonder why universities are expensive. I was just speaking with um, someone you mentioned in one of your videos, Will Roosh. I was just speaking with him. Yes. Yeah, and he's talking about, like, how the funds are being badly allocated, especially in poorer schools, like poor, like Title I schools, right? So they'll spend money on an administrator, but you can't put pencil sharpeners in classrooms. <laughs> you know, so like that, that's where I'm thinking like this stuff came in. It was just, oh, well, we need to work on racism. It's, a, it's an issue. And it just, they slowly brought this stuff in because it just seemed like they were the only people who had a solution. And it was, I, I don't know, like, like I said, this could be tinfoil hat. I might not know anything I'm talking about, but that's the way it seems to me from the outside. No, it, and, you know, and, and James Lindsay said this, you know, the, the kind of the goal of social justice is to make everything about social justice. So it just kind of is slowly, it slowly creeps, it slowly builds and, and adds to it and more and more. Um, 
and more. Um, so that's why that's why you're seeing you're seeing this this blow of, of administrative, uh, you know, oversight and, 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 and diversity and, and equity um, administrators. You know, it's just continuing to grow. Um, let, let me well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you want to start talking about some of these things like diversity, like when people hear diversity, it sounds like a good thing. But the way it's described, if you want to give your impression of how they're teaching diversity in classrooms, and I'll tell you like my take on it and how I see it and where I see the problems are. Because I don't know, like I know curriculums, I've been looking at curriculums, I've been seeing it, but you know, I don't go to school board meetings, I don't go to anything like that here. Um, so, you know, you might have a better idea of like how it's being defined in classrooms and what you think of it. And I can tell you like my idea of what I think diversity, like how they're defining it and how they're using it. So they're all they're all vaguely defined, yeah. right? And it really comes down to you know whoever's whoever's talking about it, whatever is in their mind, mm. <laughs> is is what it means, right? Mm. But what you know what is in their mind and what is in in your mind could be completely different things. Um, the one thing, the one term I'd like to spend a little, little bit of time on is is equity, um, sure. because that is that is the the foundation of of this whole of this of the worldview of this whole kind of program that that's that's being implemented um so you know when you when you hear when you hear equity it's like you know what the hell does that mean right i mean it you know kind of sounds a little bit like equality um it sounds it sounds like it might mean something good um but if you ask first of all you, you know administrators you hear administrators talk about equity all you know quite a bit um but if you were to ask you know whatever number of teachers or administrators, what, what equity means, right? You're going to get, however many people you ask, that's how many different definitions you're going to get. Um, because, you know, they don't even, they don't even really know. It's such, it's such a vague, it's such a vague term. Kind of, kind of what I've boiled it down to is, um, it, 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 it boils down to fairness. That, that's that's kind of like the, the the core idea behind it. It, it. It's fairness, and it's fairness in the form of socially constructed um, fair uh, or you know equitable or fair outcomes, right? Um, so you know what the heck does that mean? I mean, that's that's like you know you're trying to in, uh, institute some type of equity code or equity um, policy. It's kind of like the same thing with trying to admit you know bring in a, a hate speech code. Right. I mean, it, it's it's it, it means different things to different people. Um, so and that's a that's a huge that's a huge problem right off the bat. It, this entire this entire program is, is based on this foundation, which is, uh, you know, basically meaningless or, you know, it can mean it can mean anything. Yeah, OK. The way I see equity is this. It's like. The people, okay, they're not even going to say that we had equal opportunity. They're going to say, no, 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 you don't, which I think is BS. I think, you know, starting from about the mid-80s, the laws at least were there, so legally you had equal opportunity. Uh, um, but now, when they say equity, they're like saying, okay, there's been a disadvantage. Um, there's been a disadvantage, and these people, this group has been disadvantaged for this long. I mean... Take whatever group you want. To get it equitable now, 
So if before you had, let's say in the STEM fields, it was 70% white men and 30% everything else, you need to have a reversal. So, you know, for a certain amount of time to get the numbers equal of everyone else and bring the numbers of white men down. So for them, equity means white men step aside, give your positions up. Even if there's no one there, then let it go unfilled, right? Um, there's a really horrific book called The, uh, the Wretched of the Earth. Uh, it's by a guy named Frantz Fanon. He was a French or Algerian sociologist, and he was spending time with the freedom fighters in Algeria when they were, when they were, getting, uh, when they were fighting for the liberation from France. And he wrote in that book that the only way the underprivileged will ever get over the scars of being oppressed, like the only way the oppressed will ever get rid of the scars of being oppressed, is if for an equal amount of time they oppress their oppressors. Right. And that's what this equity stuff is. You were in power for so long. You had it so good. We don't care how equal you're making it now. We don't care how much ease you're giving everyone. We don't care that it was getting better until, you know, Group X has it, can lord it over you for the same amount of time, you know, then it's not equitable. And it's, you know, uh, like I can't remember who I heard say this. Like if someone says equity, ask them why did they say equity and not equal? Because there's a difference between the two terms. You want it equitable. Right. You don't want it equal. No. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and exactly. So when I when I so given your uh, your your research and your you know your uh, your background, you have a more you know defined definition of, of what equity is, right? So mm -hmm. I, I was referring to you know when you go early on, you know when you go to these school board meetings and or, or you know mm -hmm. not necessarily school board meetings, but even just school uh, building meetings or whatever whatever it is, and they're talking about equity. What I, when I said it can mean anything, when people are sitting there, unless they have all that background information, that the stuff that you're aware of, right, it, it really is a very vague term that, that, that could mean anything. Um, but in fact, it, it has a, a much deeper meaning, which you, you just kind of, uh, you know, started to explain. Um, if, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to read a couple um, definitions no, of, of equity, just so, just, so we can, just so we can, you know, start putting the, this in, into, uh, into perspective. So this is from the New York State culturally responsive sustaining education framework, right? That that the state, um, our state board of regents has adopted and 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 is is starting to be um, pushed in, into schools, right? So equity is the state quality or ideal of being just, impartial, and fair. The concept of equity is synonymous with fairness and justice. To be achieved and sustained, equity needs to be thought of as a structural and systemic concept and not as idealistic. Equity is a robust system and dynamic process that reinforces and replicates equitable ideas, power, resources, strategies, conditions, habits, and outcomes. Right? So you can, you know, it's still kind of vague. But you can see the hints of the, the structural and systemic pro uh, problems that it's trying to address. Um, and, 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 you know, they're defining equity in terms of being equitable. Right. right? So what the hell does that mean? Right. And, 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 and like I said, the whole equity thing is, is, in, is kind of boils down to fairness in the mind of, of whoever is, is, is talking about it. And, and you talked about kind of like the, that, that power shift. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, that is what is fair to, to what is, um, 
the proponents of this of this worldview. And I just so I just want to read one more, which kind of which kind of gets even further into it. And this this definition is from um, the Washington State uh, government. They have a, they formed a committee on equity, and this is this is a draft definition. Actually, I just saw this recently on Benjamin Boyce's. Um, YouTube channel. He did a whole, I, I, I saw that. It's, it's nuts. I saw that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I recommend anybody um, to, to, to watch that, you know. <clears throat> so anyway, this is, the, this is the definition that they've come up with. Equity is the path to well-being that allows each person to thrive. It is an evolving community-centered journey towards healing that requires shifting power to disrupt and dismantle deeply entrenched systems of privilege and oppression. Equity allows the fullest expression of dignity, honor, and respect that we all deserve, right? So once again, it's, it's kind of it's sprinkled with these flowery, feel-good words, but, it, but also if, if you know the ideology behind it, you can see, you can see the, the, the danger that's in it, right? The, the, the shifting of power, the, dis, the disrupting and dismantling entrenched systems, um, this is, this is what equity is. This is really what it is. Yeah. Okay. And like, it's to me, okay. Like you know, we're talking like, cause it's when it's coming to schools, especially K through 12. And I, I was speaking to, um, Carrie Smith the other day and she was talking about like something she saw in New York for, I think she said it was for like four and five year olds. And they were telling them that. If you're on time, you're acting white. Okay. Yep. If you get your work done when you're supposed to, you're acting white. Now, I understand teaching kids like, you know, I remember when I was young, like, oh, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't treat people differently because they're a different color. You know, all of that. That's that. That's normal. That's that's good. Right. Yes. But if you're teaching because you can't explain to a four year old all this background theory because you know, no, they, I mean, it, it won't... listen, trying to explain it to adults, they yeah. look at you like, you know, you're, like you're telling them, you you know, like you, you were visited by aliens yeah. or something like you talked about yeah. anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. But if you, so if you keep telling a kid that, you know, a, if you're white, you were, you know, your people were the mean people. They did all this bad stuff. You people, you your people have always been bad. That's basically what they're telling them. And if they tell p- kids who aren't white, those are the kids who made it hard for you. You'll never be able to succeed in your in this world because of them. Like, I don't see how that's going to... Like, once they do start getting older and they read this stuff, they've already been taught to think that way. And now the explanation makes sense. Whereas, if they were taught to think the other way, and they read the explanation, most people would say, this Maybe is hard. Maybe ask questions. Yeah. yeah right. Okay, but I I, I, I I know a lot of people do it. I'm the only person I equate it to religion. If you start kids young, you know, from birth, and you, in, you, you teach them about it, you indoctrinate it, they're going to believe it. But if you let a kid grow up and let them learn how to think, whatever, and then at 18 you had them whatever religious book and try to give them that, you're going to say, well, maybe it doesn't make as much sense, right? And this stuff is exactly the same way. Unfortunately... It's got a little catch that religion doesn't, I don't think, that it can get people when they're a little bit older easier than religion can. I, I don't know. Like, it's got, it's got that, you know, don't you want to stop 
racism, homophobia, whatever. It's, it's got that little thing, right? Sure. And, and you know, to go back to, you know, how children are being affected by it, um, I don't know if you, if you saw it, but um, Patrick Lockwood has a, uh, has a, a podcast. Um, he recently did one with a, with a parent who kind of explains the, his experience with his, uh, with his kid in elementary school um, and, and how, how this was affecting her in terms of, you know, feeling bad about being white and it was, it was putting her in, in, into, a, into a, a depression. Um, he actually, you know, filed a, filed a complaint with the Office of uh, Civil Rights and, and you know, and, and they, they pretty much wouldn't even acknowledge it. Um, so, but, but if, you know, if anybody gets a chance to listen to that, that'll give you like an example of, of how this is affecting, affecting, you know, young kids and, and, and as they're being taught this stuff. Yeah, I spoke to Patrick as well and I spoke to him about my concern, which was, like, I don't know uh, if you remember back in the late 80s, like the Crips and the Bloods, and then you had, like, the white supremacist gangs as well. Yep. And if you listen to any of the police stuff, if you listen to any of the FBI stuff, or on the news or whatever, they talked about picking off loner kids. They talked about, like, they, they would go find a loner kid. They would go find the kids that were feeling disenfranchised, that were feeling picked on, that were feeling oppressed, that were feeling, oh, everyone's out to get me. Okay? You're raising a generation of kids to think that way. You know, it's going to be easy pickings for any kind of extremist, like any kind, to say, oh, yeah, yeah. And so I was speaking to Patrick about that because that's my, that's my real concern here is you're, you're setting up kids to be weak and to be preyed upon and to be used for any kind of, you know, it might seem like a feel-good thing, but it's going to end up being awful. And, it's, and, and you're warping kids' minds. So obey that that is absolutely my primary concern as well. I'm I am worried about how this is um, the effect that this is having on on kids. I mean, listen, the the adults, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they they should be responsible for you know whatever happens. You know what yeah. I'm saying, or whatever they want to yeah. think, or whatever they want to believe, or you know. Um, if this is if this is coming into your workplace, if this is coming into your school and you're a teacher or if you're an administrator and you have concerns about that, you know, you know, we, it's up to you how you address that. But how this is being implemented and and how harmful this is going to be to children. And, and I think, you know, I think this is long term harm. You know, this is not <laughs> this. This is something this is a mindset that they're being indoctrinated into. Um, and that, you know, I agree with you 100 percent. That's my major concern. Um, so but anyway, let's, you know, even looking at equity, right? Mm -hmm. if, if you look if you look at equity and you say, OK, well, first of all, in order to achieve it, what do you what do you have to do? First, you have to um, identify some groups. Somebody has to kind of categorize people or identify. Right. And 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 and. Oh, sorry, just that Washington State thing that Benjamin Boyce put up. I mean, they say like equity is to dismantle, you know, basically tear apart the whole old system and create a whole new one, right? That's what oh they, yeah, yeah, that's what they mean by equity. Like, like, like let's keep that forefront. They want to dismantle the old system. Oh yeah, disrupt and, and dismantle. Yeah. That is that is the that is the phrase. Um, so, but in doing so too, right? They they have to identify different different groups. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so who's going to who's going to be who's going to be in charge of deciding, you know, what, 
what groups there are, are you know, categorized, who's, who's categorizing into what groups. And as long as there are, um, you know, inequities or disparities or gaps between these groups, there will always be um, calls for, you know, for more equity that, you know, that, you know, we have, we are, the work isn't done. It's never done. So so the end of it. Right. So what's the end game? Everybody till everybody is 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 equal till there's equal representation in, in every you know, and across all, you know, all different industries. I mean, you name it. It's it's a never ending. Um, it's a never never ending movement process towards this so-called equity. That is really it's you know, it's it's a utopian fantasy is is really what it is. And behind it, like you just mentioned, is this whole disrupt and dismantle, tear down the system um, and, and, you know, to to give other people, you know, uh, other people that that want power so they want to tear down the system in order to in order to gain power i mean if i had the time and the resources i would like to put up workshops where you tell parents what this stuff actually means like not you specifically but like you know where if you want like but where people could do this because when they talk about the anti-racism stuff right and because this affects me like uh, when i was 14 i was taking the bus in montreal like the, the public transit and on the seat back in front of me, some someone wrote uh, "white power, black caca." Now the only word they spelled correctly was caca, and I saw that, and I like I said, I was 14 or 15. I was like, I'm better than that person. And it, it's never bothered me since. Like you know, someone saying, "Oh, you're brown," you're okay. I'm like, I go back to seeing that little phrase, and I'm like, that's where your mentality is. Right, that's the mentality you're okay. dealing with. But now, so. But you know, I've experienced it. Like Canada is not an overtly racist country. It's you know, it's most places in North America aren't. I don't think. Um, you know, but it's here. But it, it, but like this stuff. You know, uh, a friend of mine. She did. She's from Pakistan. She grew up in Texas. You know, brown. And I, I'm bringing up the identity because it's important here. Because normally I couldn't care rat's ass. Um, right. She did a very measured thread on intersectionality. And the harms it causes and the good, it like the, the intention, like the initial good that Kimberly Crenshaw wanted to do and how it went off the rails almost all right away. Um, and then the harms it does to those intersections that she's talking about. And like, you know, she's like saying, OK, uh, because she's, you know, she talks a lot about uh, ex-Muslim issues and stuff. And she's like, OK, so, you know, a woman who wants to take off the hijab, you know, because you're saying oh, the hijab is a Muslim thing, if you speak out against it, you're being Islamophobic, that woman is being left out of the conversation and her needs aren't being met because of this, because intersectionality is not actually looking at that intersection. And she, I mean, it was like a very, very measured thread. It was, Sarah is one of the most reasonable people you can come across. And I actually saw that thread. I yeah. didn't get a chance to read all the way through it yeah. um, because all the things that I was looking at, but yeah. I, I did bookmark yeah. it. I'm yeah. definitely going to go back and look through it. But if you look at the closely. comments at the end from these people who are anti-racist, who are progressive, you know, who who are all these wonderful sounding things, want equity and, and want a you know, fair and equitable world and all this crap, told her that she sounded white and she is thinking white. Okay? That's right. Because, because of this whiteness stuff you're talking about. Like, Yes. I would love to sit parents down and say, this is what they mean by this stuff, because I'm sorry, if David Duke told a black person, you're sounding white, I mean, or, or whatever, Trump, or now Joe Rogan, I guess, you know, yep. said, like, you're, like, the, the, out, and it, rightfully so, 
But these people, I mean, they, they outright say it. And like, like that, to me, I find more racist than some guy in a KKK hood calling me a fucking towel head or a packy. All right? Like, some guy telling me that science and logic is a white way of knowing, and that if I think logically and I think scientifically and I think in a reasoned manner, I'm thinking white, and and you want to be anti-racist? Like, no, screw you. Like, like to me, like, you know, like the kids thing, it's very important to me, but on a personal level, this is where I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, how right. can you, you know, how can you do that? And it's well, it's and it's 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 about the narrative, right? It's about yeah. it's it's really about whether whether you believe in that narrative and you are actively um, trying to promote that narrative. And and at this point, it really doesn't matter the color of your skin or your sexual orientation or or things like that, um, right? If if you are if you are if you don't believe that 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 dogma, if you don't believe that that narrative, um, then you are not a part of that group. You know, even if even if you know uh, you would technically be you know so-called put into these other categories un- under the under the worldview, if you don't believe in it, then you are you are shunned. You are you are you know you're pushed aside. You are considered you are considered complicit in in whiteness. You're promo- promoting whiteness. Is is you know the status quo, the dominant narrative. Yeah. Right, that that needs to be dismantled and and destroyed and and teared teared down. No, but I mean, any reasonable parent, if they if they actually, and again, there, there's so many issues here. Like parents don't have the time. Parents, you know, you're being forced to take your kids everywhere. You can't let your kid go to the park by themselves when they're ten because they're gonna call the cops or whatever. I mean, like like all this stuff. So I mean, I don't expect the average parent to be able to sit down and read Kimberly Crenshaw or you know. Uh, Patricia McIntosh or Barbara Applebaum or any of these people, like D'Angelo, any of this stuff, right? But if they can go to a one-hour meeting and someone explains it to them exactly what it says, I don't think any parent would get behind it. Like I don't well, see how they could. So, I mean, to be honest with you, that's something that I've been trying to, to put together. Um, but as you know, the amount of information... The amount of stuff that that you have to try to explain to people um, to try to narrow this down and 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 explain it to them it's so difficult it's so difficult to boil down where you can get it in a presentation that's not hours and hours long um, and to also to 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 get them to I guess believe what's going on I think part of it too is um, you know, they might have, even if you explain it to them, they might have a, a general idea of, you know, in the abstract that, okay, this is something that I should be aware of, that 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 is something that we should be concerned about. But it, it, it may not be, they may not see it directly impacting their kid right now, right? So, um, you know, even though they might be concerned about it or, or understand, you know, the dangers of it, because what you said before, everybody's so busy, you know, going to work, you know, taking their kids to, you know, music lessons or, or you know, sports uh, practice or what, you know, just constantly on the go. People, you know, most people don't have the time to 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 learn about all, all of stuff. And, and not only that, but to go to go to school board meetings, to, to read the, the documents um, and to and to, you know, understand what's going on. So, I mean, certainly, I mean, that plays into it as well. Um, the challenge of. Of, of trying to address this and trying to um, 
you know, raise more concern about it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I, you know, I, I keep derailing you here because, you know, what's being taught is important, but it's, I, I think like a lot of this background stuff, I mean, there, there is some pushback to some of this and I hopefully it'll alleviate that. Like, I don't know if you know about free range kids. Yes. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, like that kind of pushback where if parents just had a little bit of time, right? A, parents need some time for themselves too. Uh, but if they had a little bit of time, yeah, no where they, doubt. Yeah, you know, go, you know, you're 10 years old, you're 11 years old, parks down the road, go play with your friends. If something happens, come back home. Now kids have cell phones. They can call their folks right away, right? Like, if more and more of that happens where, you know, a parent might be able to say, well, what exactly is this curriculum? Like, if they, you know, my sister was talking to me about this and her son, he's 11, 11 or 12, he's in, I'm a bad uncle, I can't remember how old my nephew is, uh, he's in <laughs> Chicago, and he's to coming home telling her that there's 72 genders. And she's like, okay. You know, and he's learning some of this identity stuff in Chicago, like the racism and, and things like that, privilege and power. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's how there's... Well, go ahead, I'll let you finish. I'm yeah, sorry. but, like, she doesn't know where it comes from. She, she's like, what is this? And, and she and she works the... You know, whatever, maybe I shouldn't get her in trouble, but she works at the University of Chicago. And she's like, well, where's this stuff coming from? Like, how... You know, but she doesn't have the time to... You know, it takes her an hour to drive to work, hour to drive home. Oh, come home, cook. I can you know, my... my but brother-in-law's there too, but I mean, like, they're, they're busy parents. Yeah, know? there's a lot. I mean, yeah, people <laughs> yep. are busy. They don't have time. They don't have the time, you know, to sit down and read this stuff and to, and to you know, watch the interviews. Um, you know, I, I have that interest, right? It's something I'm interested in. So mm. I, I, I make I make the time for it. It's mm. something it's something that I'm concerned about. And then I'm and, and I see and I, and I see it as a as a as a as a, a huge uh danger and, and, and have very uh, negative impact on, on kids and, and as our on our society as this continues to move forward. So, you know, so obviously this is a, uh, an important issue for me. So I, I put the time in it and I know I know uh, with you as well. Um, so what's what's happening and how this is how this is being kind of um, implemented into the into the schools. Um, you know, it's coming in under these. It's coming in under these programs. You know, it's called you know, culturally responsive education, right? Or ethnic studies, um, and and they're all under this kind of banner of of, of equity, something you know, which which we've talked about, um, and it's kind of being pushed in two different ways. It's kind of like, there's like a, a bottom up movement, which is kind of ahead of the the top down movement. Um, and so when I refer to the bottom up movement, it's more they're, they're trying to, you know, get this into the minds of teachers, get this into the minds of students. Right. So it's coming in through the, you know, the teacher, um, you know, professional development workshops, their their, you know, their conferences, things like that. So but the number one thing that the, the number one goal is to change mindsets. Right. Prioritize mindsets. They to change it into this new, this new uh, worldview, so that they can get more people uh, problematizing things and and disrupting and dismantling and and, and tearing things down, right? So literally, um, you know, there was an article written by um, a couple of the early writers of the of the framework in New York, and literally the the title of the article is "Prioritizing Mindsets," right? This yeah. is this is what they're this is what they're doing. They're going after 
It's re-education. It's, it's re-education. Um, so, and one way they're doing this is through the, the implicit bias training, right? Um, I'm sure you've, you know, seen some, some oh, stuff on that around, right? So, but, but teachers are being put through this implicit bias training um, where they're being indoctrinated into this worldview. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, when, if, if there's any concerns or questions raised or maybe even a little pushback, you know, what happens? They get accused of being a bigot. They get being accused of being a racist. Um, you know, so it go you you it ties in this whole white fragility, uh, you know, concept. And in fact, there's 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 student workshops. There are teacher workshops dedicated to that. You know, Robin DiAngelo's uh, her book, uh, White Fragility, her theory, where there where this is this is being you know indoctrinated into. Uh, into students and teachers, um, so that's you know so that's how they're they're going they're going after after the teachers. Not only that, right? So, so you also have all these different teacher and, and education organizations, right? So in New York, we have the the state teachers union, you know, New York State United Teachers, you know, they're on board with this. The New York State School Boards Association is having conferences and and, and pushing these ideas. New York State Council of School Superintendents. Um, uh, school administrators associations, you know, so so this is coming in um, from a lot of different directions, and 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 I'm and I'm to me this is still like the the, the bottom up. Um, I'm referring to kind of the, the bottom up uh, process of, of of where it's coming from because you know a consultant they're hiring consultants to bring this stuff in and, and and to train them right, and these consultants obviously are you know graduated from you know these critical theory programs and. And, you know, so they're 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 pushing this stuff in, into into the minds of teachers. Right. So. Let me just give you an, an example of, of one, you know, I guess. Workshop or or it's this is actually a, a series of workshops that that teachers can can attend. Um, so this description is, you know, participants unpack the meanings the meanings, uses of, and impacts on society of the terms white supremacy, white privilege, and white fragility. Right? Discussion of white people's resistance to talking about race, power, and privilege, as well as how white supremacy and white privilege promote the idea of black inferior inferiority. Right? I mean, so I mean, this is this is what's out there being taught in these in these conferences. To teachers that they are bringing that they are bringing back back to their their schools back to their classrooms, um, you know. So okay. that's that's one angle. Just I mean I, I don't know if you know about this and I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but do you know that like so like the College of Educators and the college you know like the colleges of education. So our teachers, like I'm just okay. So let's say you're getting your teaching degree, right? Um, like I don't know how it works in the states. Like in Canada, you can go into a degree for like early childhood education or whatever. Or you can do up to a master's level, then take a one-year certificate, and then you can go teach. Um, but are they infusing the training of educators with this stuff so that when these consultants or whatever come in, like everyone's already kind of on the same starting page, right? So if you, yeah, I mean that that's that's what's happening. The the education programs are uh, you know are pushing this stuff into the minds of of you know college students who are going to get their degrees in teaching, right? So they're, they're coming out prepped. They're coming out prepped for this, 
for this ideology, right? For 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 bringing it into schools. Now, listen, you know, I'm not saying every single one of them is buying into it, and I'm not saying every single one of them is, is pushing this. And I will also mention again, this is still in the very early stages of being implemented. It's not, it's not, um, you know, heavy in in all states, in all uh, school districts. Right. Different. There's different levels of implementation, you know, in, in different areas. Um, but this if I, if this I could just mention one, one thing on that, like, don't think of this as a Democrat or a Republican issue. Don't think of this. So this is only in blue states. I've seen right. it. In, I've seen it in red states, blue states. It's coming. It's it's being implemented everywhere in different versions of it. And in some of the private schools in the red states, I keep hearing about a right wing version of this. Like a right wing doing the same kind of bullshit thinking, but putting a right wing spin on it. So yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an overcorrection because oh no, they're they're teaching my kids this. I'm going to teach them at home and I'm going to teach them this stuff, right? So it's or a private school or a faith-based school. Um, so it, there is a there is a a smaller thing on the right. It's not nearly as big and it's not nearly as institutionalized, even though I hate that term. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I keep an eye on everything and just don't think, oh, I'm in a Republican state. This is not going to affect me. It can be anywhere. Like I, North Carolina is the latest one I saw. Oh, yeah. North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, so, I, you know, obviously I've been trying to raise awareness out this uh, about it. And, you know, um, so some some teachers and parents throughout the country have have come across some of the stuff I've been putting out and, and they've been reaching out to me. Right. And mm. so, I, I mean, like you said, I mean, Washington State, obviously, I'm sure you're aware about yeah. California, Florida, um, North Carolina, Virginia, Michigan, um, parts of Texas, Kansas, <laughs> New York, Texas. Um, I mean, so so exactly what you said, this is not a partisan issue. Um, it's not, a, 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 you know, a regional issue. This is this is happening you know, really all, all over the place um, at, at some level or another. And, and, and you know, it's going to continue to grow. Um, so I mentioned I mentioned how, you know, how the teachers are, are starting to be kind of indoctrinated into it. At the same time, what's happening is they're, they're, they're indoctrinating the students. They're, they're trying to create, um, you know, these student equity leaders. Right. They're having workshops and conferences to to put this mindset into into the students and then to out in and the hope is and it's actually even it's actually beginning to beginning to happen that the students will be starting to push their own schools to to advocate for um, you know for equity for this whole worldview that we're talking about um, so they're, they're getting they're going directly after the kids and they're and they're anticipating and which will happen is that they will they will then take over you know take the baton and 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 you know have more people pushing this um okay i i because I, I spoke with carrie i think you you know you spoke with her yourself carrie smith and i i was trying to tell her this quote and i couldn't find it and i found it and it's okay when an opponent declares i will not come over to your side i calmly say your child belongs to us already what are you you will pass on your descendants, however, now stand in the new camp. In a short time, they will know nothing else but this new community. And that's a quote from Hitler. And I'm not comparing mm. these people to Nazis and whatever, but right. that mindset, you know, or the mindset of the Jesuits, like, give me the child at seven and I'll give you the man at 
right. 12 or whatever it said. I go, sure. this is what it is. Like, you can mold that young kid however you want. And if you start him off on this path, you know, the, the, I can't remember what high school it was in, uh, I think it was in Brooklyn or maybe the Bronx, but it was in Manhattan. It was in New York City where they were on strike because they were demanding some of this stuff. Um, okay, so I'm just going to jump in here just real quick. So um, I talk about these these student conferences and, you know, trying to get them uh, indoctrinated into this. Uh, so the the... The school you're talking about, literally, there was a, uh, a an equity youth summit held at this school over the summer, right? Uh, then in the fall, there's this whole melt. You know, I don't, I don't want to say meltdown. I don't want to. I don't want to exaggerate. It's, it's you know, it's not to the extent of Evergreen yet, but it's 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 heading in that direction. We're waiting waiting for the canoe to show up. But um, uh, but there was a student strike. There was a student strike. There was a walkout. Um, over over this whole issue, over you know uh, racial issues, and, and they, they had a um, a whole list of, of demands that they submitted to the, the school administration about having more training, uh, you know, implicit bias training, and more diversity, and more equity, and more culturally responsive education coming into the school, right? So, you know, the the, the students, um, you know, literally months after <laughs> there was this equity student summit. Um, at the school, uh, you know, it, it kind of plays itself out. Now, I'll be honest with you too. I, I certainly believe that there's, there's, you know, these students are being egged on and 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 led by, or or kind of, kind of pushed by some of these people behind the scenes that are also that are also pushing it. Oh, totally. Um, there, I mean, okay. You mentioned Evergreen. If you see the videos that uh, Benjamin Boyce did or Mike Nana did. Yes. Where that little clip that Mike Nana he was he happened to be at Sarah Lawrence when the the, the you know they, they had the same kind of revolt they they took over yep, the administration yep. office. In both those clips, you can hear the students saying straight out, "You taught us to do this." They taught the kids to be activists, not to be students. They taught them what was wrong. They taught them to disrupt and overthrow everything. So, you know, again, going back to a religious framework, I equate it to like the the myths in Judaism about the golem. So you make the golem to, to do your bidding, and then you know in the story it comes back and kills its creator, and that's what exactly what they're doing. They're coming back and they're taking out the thing that created them because they I mean, when you say problematize, it, it is that it is to find a problem in everything. You know, you, you you look no matter what someone says, you look for the problem in it. Um, yeah, and 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 it just you know through concept creep and and you know it just continually is a you know a problem that was never a problem before now becomes a problem and then once that's a problem the problem the next problem that was never a problem before but now becomes a problem it just continually it's like an, it's a never ending yeah. it's a never ending process which eventually like you said and this is this is why you know I I think there's a lot of things that play into why. Um, why it's difficult for, for, for teachers um, to speak out and, and raise awareness about this. Now, I, I have, you know, um, some teachers, you know, reaching out to me, kind of, some of them are anonymous, some, some of them is, you know, I, I know who they are, um, and they're raising concerns about it. But in, in my, you know, in my view, if they don't start raising concerns about this, eventually, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to eat their, their profession. <laughs> it's going to make, you know, going to school and, and teaching in this environment is going to be, uh, 
it's it's not going to be good. Let's let's put it that way. I mean, it's going to be yeah. you know between the conflict, uh, student behavior problems are going to um, are going to increase um, because you know it gets more difficult to to discipline students because you're afraid of of being called you know a racist or yeah. or you know a bigot. I mean, it just it just goes on and on and on. Okay, but also like the urge, like anything that comes out of any of this stuff, anyone I spoken to or had interactions with who is you know a devotee of critical race theory or intersectionality or um you know gender theory queer studies any of this stuff right their first reaction is don't read anything that contradicts this you know cancel people that like that's it they want the only way to do it is to cut everything it acts like a cult if there's toxic people in your life, cut them out, right? If there's if there's people like this, cut them out. And it's so what happens when these kids, you know, are taught, well, okay, so if I read Darwin and I read about biology, well, I don't know, Darwin had some bad ideas and yeah, you know, he had some silly ideas and uh, John Stuart Mill, you can make a case that case that he was racist and whatever, but John Stuart Mill's idea on free speech were great, right? You, right. you don't have to. You don't have to take everything else. But if you throw this stuff out, uh, I was just speaking to a, like a friend of mine about this. Like, who's gonna hold that up? Like, right now, if if liberal Western democracies, if you want to call them that, because you know Australia falls under that, um, you know, if liberal democracies, secular liberal democracies, built on the Enlightenment, if we don't uphold this stuff, if we don't say we need this, if kids learn that science is wrong and you need to it's a white way of knowing and they need a, a colored way of knowing. We throw away the enterprise of science. Like who's going to hold it up in the world? Like, you know, it, it's, it's all lost. Like the things that have advanced us to where we are now, where you and I, you know, I'm in Montreal, you're in New York state. We're having this conversation. You know, I can have this conversation with someone around the world. Absolutely. And, you know, we're throwing away, the very stuff that brought us this, this the, the stuff that is, you know, brought us out of the caves, made our world better, made everything so much better. We're throwing away and we're turning our backs on it. And I'm like, if we do that, who's going to take it up? Like, like, you know, there's a concern of what's happening to the kids, but there's an overall concern of what's happening to the culture. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I think part of that is, you know, we're kind of living on living on the on the on the on the fumes and on and on the. Um, you know the the progress that has that was been made, right? And people, I think, are getting complacent, and they have no idea about you know really what this what this new this new way of thinking, this new ideology that that's that's coming in. It, it's 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 sneaking in. People aren't paying attention to it, and I and I think um, you know I think that plays a big a big role in it. Um, and you know until until people more people become aware of what's going on. You know, this stuff is just going to continually to to spread. Um, you know, how long that's going to take for more people to to become aware of it, and and what the reaction is going to be, and how that plays out. I mean, that's that's you know that's still to be seen. But right, we're not even there yet. There's not enough people that know what's going on to even you know get to that point yet. Yeah, but I, I'm looking at people like okay, uh, I think we're roughly the same age. I'm 50. I'm looking at yep, friends. Yeah, looking at friends my age who will say things like, who will talk about how whiteness is horrible, and you know they'll they'll they're pushing to 
have more hate speech laws. And this is in Canada. You know, we don't have a First Amendment here. But they're pushing for more speech restrictions. They're pushing because to them, this sounds good. To them, oh, we want to stop hate. And it, it, it sounds, you know, this sounds wonderful. So it's like, no, but... And when I when I push back, I'm like, well, don't you want more free speech? And it's, it's it's like, why do you want to curtail what you have to say? It's like, oh, but we have to fight X. We have to fight this. And I'm like, it's it's the wrong way to do it. So even if they don't understand what they're doing, it, it's like, you know, it's in the schools. I think online, and I think generally, it's like people are like, oh, well, it's dying down on Twitter, so it's not that important anymore. It's going to go away. We're going to laugh at it. I've like, seen I've seen some of that. Um... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but it's 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 dying down on Twitter because the the people on Twitter are moving on to the next stupid thing. But this stuff, like you said, it's starting in schools. It's already in government. Companies are basing you know their human resources crap on this. So it's in the society already. It's going to take maybe ten years to get it out of the society. You know, like it's it, it the online yeah, and, thing. And, go ahead. Right. Sir. And, and, and that's and that's kind of how I see it as well. Like you know, I, I mentioned kind of you know the, the the you know the bottom up kind of infiltration of this, and and how just now coming down from from the state levels, the state governments, um, the people in the middle, they're gonna be they're gonna be not even seeing it coming. They're getting they're kind of getting squeezed by it, I think. And by the time they realize what's what's happening, I think it's gonna be so entrenched. Um, that it's going to be, you know, even a lot more difficult to to address. Um, you know, that's how I, that's how I see it. I mean, I, I made the analogy in my videos, you know, about you know, I kind of refer to it as a you know a boa constrictor, right? You know, it, it kind of it, it slowly kind of starts wrapping itself around you. You know, it, it's kind of around the perimeter. You know, you know, maybe you notice it, maybe you're not that concerned about it. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. a uh, it's kind of a stretch, you know. But you know, it's, you know then next thing you know, it's a little a little closer to you and then and it snug you know before you know it, it's wrapped around you and then it starts slowly squeezing and 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 so it's a slow you know it, there's all different other you know expressions you know the 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 frog in the boiling pot right the well, the, well, the, the, the trojan the, horse thing right well, the, whatever the, it is or the, the, frog in the, in the, the frog in the boiling boiling pot that's what i felt like because i'm like because i come back in 2014 and i see this and everyone's walking around like it's normal and even as it, it, it gets harsher and harsher and more crazy, people are still, I'm like, so what? You guys were slowly seeing this happen, and it was little by little, right? Like, don't you want to fight racism? And it's it, it's a little bit of creep, very slowly. I'm like, so it happened over 13 years, but for me, it was like, I just jumped right in. And I'm like the frog that's squealing because I just got thrown into the boiling <laughs> yeah, water. And, you're coming, uh, jumping uh, right <laughs> into the, into yeah. the water. And I'm like, you squeeze right off the bat. That's what I felt like. I'm like, so, you know, uh, I mean, okay, this is getting way off this, but like something like, like the censorship thing. When Disney Plus first came out, uh, you know, Disney always does this. They put movies in the archive, so you know when they release it, they can sell a bunch of copies, right? But now they started, they altered some movies, and then they put warnings up in front of others. So like, they, I think they said they're never going to play Song of the South again, right? You know, like Zippity Doo Dah and all yep, that. Right? Yep, yep. And some of them they altered a little bit. Some of them they put. Oh, this has culturally insensitive stuff because it was made in... Which, fine, you want to put that in. That'll explain to kids, this was wrong, but this is what we thought back then. And I, I'm, okay with, yeah, you know, I'm okay with that. But actually changing it and taking it out... I joked around with a couple of friends. This was just this past summer. 
And I said, okay, I go, you know, we all have e-readers. Well, not all, but you know, e-readers are becoming more ubiquitous, right? So let's say 100 years down the road, all there are e-readers. You know, paper, paper books are a thing for libraries and museums and no one really has them. You know, and the general consensus is we only say N-word. We don't actually say the word, right? And that's the consensus now, but let's just say it's, it's, it's gone even further. So whoever's running like all the e-readers, I would say Amazon, like their, their Kindle, right? Amazon puts out an update. So yeah, we're, we've got a new update for your e-reader. We're going to update whatever. So you re, you update your Kindle. Same time as it updates it, it goes into every book that has that word <laughs> and changes it to N-word. Now, if it's all digital, it's easy to do. Like Disney just did it. Like I showed you, like sure, it's sure. simple to do. So, you know, it's, it's like, you know, people keep saying 1984 was a warning, not a fucking user guide. You know, and, it's, and like I, I'm worried about little things like this. Yes, it's paranoia. Yes, it's tinfoil hat stuff. But the technology's there. It's not hard to do. But luckily now, you know, you, you can still go out and buy Huck Finn and, you know, read, you know, and again, I don't want this word. I don't want any of these words to be people running up and down this. And I'm afraid of that. Like people are going to run up and down the street and just say the most horrific things as a blowback to this. Right. And right. Know, the react, right. Yeah. The, 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 the overcorrection. On the, on the, on the yeah. reaction. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, like I said, I, I know this is getting a little off, but like, like these are some of my concerns about this stuff. Like the, the stuff with the kids is horrible. But if you train kids like this as they grow up, these down, you know, downtrend, like these downstream things are going to happen. Like this is what eventually will happen. There's, we're going to lose all our freedoms. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that's where, I mean, that's the trajectory that, that we're on, you know, I mean, um, so that's why, you know, that's why raising awareness is, I think, the, you know, the, the main priority right now. Let, if, if you don't mind, let me just jump back in. Yeah, sure, I think it's sure. important for people to hear some, 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 some um, specific, you know, things that, that, that are being put out there, right? So I was talking earlier about, you know, the student equity leaders and how, you know, students are, are, are being indoctrinated into this, you know, so... So a conference um, that that's open to uh, teachers and students, right? It's, the, it's called the Decolon Decolonizing Education Conference, right? So I mean, so right off the bat, you can have, an, you know, uh, you can imagine, mm -hmm. you know, what this is all about. But here's here's some some workshops that that you know teachers and and students can attend. And and, and in fact, um, I believe you know some students were actually teaching some of these. I don't know if they were teaching the specific ones that I'm going to mention. But they had obviously they're trying to to develop the students to be able to present this stuff. Right. Um, so you can attend a uh, an interrupting uh, whiteness in education workshop. Right. Examine and dismantle white supremacy culture in middle school advisory. Uh, let me see. Exploring anti-racist pedagogy in Eurocentric learning environments. Uh, let me see here. Dealing with white fragility and its impacts on people of color. Decentering whiteness through literature, creating classroom and school communities that work to dismantle white supremacy. I mean, like the, these are where you go to a weekend conference and these are the workshops that, you know, that that teachers and students are are attending. Um, so, you know, like I said, I think it's important for people to 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 hear it. And certainly, I, you know, I, I try to in my videos, I try to show what I can. Um, because I, I think 
you know, as you know, like when you when people see it, when they see it in writing, um, when they actually hear, uh, you know, the the speakers presenting this stuff, I think it starts to sink in more as to as to what it is and 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 what's going on. Um, not only that, right? So so they're they also are pushing to have the students become kind of like co-designers of of the curriculum. Right. So not only are they indoctrinating the students into this worldview, right, they are um, pushing to have them be co-designers of the curriculum. And there and there is also a movement of, you know, having the teachers kind of step back and have the students. Um, I mean, have a bigger role in 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 deciding what they want to learn and how they want to learn it, right? And this is referred to, in, in the New York framework, it's referred to as student-centered learning, right? Now, if you, if you read that in a document, you know, oh, you know, we're going to have student-centered learning, right? If you're a parent or whatever, and you see that come across, you're like, oh, you know, whatever, student-centered learning, right? Okay. Sounds reasonable. First yeah. of all, uh, first just, of just, all just, what are you going to... What would you ever focus your your um... just to interrupt for a second like that when you said student centered learning if I was a parent and I read that okay yeah. so this is learning that's centered around the student this is learning that is focused on the student it sounds great right. it sounds wonderful right. it sounds wonderful <laughs> but at the same time if you think about it if you think about what the hell else would the learning be be centered on other than than the student what I mean that so it's it's ridiculous on on every aspect but it's not ridiculous when you understand what they actually mean. Right. It actually means the students uh, being in more control of what they want to of what they want to learn and, and how they want to learn it. So um, th th so they have all, all of these all of these moving pieces are, 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 are kind of happening at the same time. Right. And having a, a, like a compound effect right, of how this is, is slowly um, building slowly. Well, I say slowly. It's actually, you know, it's actually sp spreading uh, pretty quickly. But, you know, in, in terms of. All the different um, aspects and, and how it's how it's being implemented, building on top of each other and and, and connecting. Um, so that that's 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 you know that's part of how the the students are being indoctrinated into this. Um, so if you don't mind, I want I also I want to jump into some some definitions and some actually some things that are in these these frameworks that are that are coming out of the. Uh, yeah, sure state education departments and, uh, you know, what's being, what's being pushed out. So, and, and obviously, you know, my focus is, is in New York. I know more specifically of, of what's in the New York framework, but the same ideas, the same concepts are in, um, you know, frameworks throughout many different states, you know, throughout the country. So anyway, so if you're going to implement culturally responsive education, right, for me, a primary definition, a thing that you want to understand of what it means is what are they referring to by culture, right? And um, so, you know, like in uh, James Lindsay and Peter Rogozian's book, you know, how to have impossible conversations. One of the things, one of the things they talk about is you know make sure that you're talking about the same thing before you get too far down the road, right? Mm -hmm. you, you understand what you're what you're meaning by by certain words, right? So. Culture in, in the New York framework is defined as the multiple components of one's identity, including uh, ways of thinking, ways of knowing, um, and, and forms of expression, 
right? So, and, and also with that, you know, there, no culture uh, is superior, or, you know, no culture is, is better than, than any other culture, right? So just in that, just in that definition alone, you have a lot of things going on, right? You have, you have intersectionality, right? Because when you're talking about the multiple components of one's identity, right, that, that's all the different categories and things that whoever wants to identify them, you know, put themselves in, whatever group they want to put themselves in, or multiple groups, that's, that's how they're, they're infusing intersectionality into this, into this, um, into this framework. They're also, you know, standpoint epistemology, right? When you're talking about ways of knowing and ways of thinking, right? Um, so different groups have different ways of knowing and, and, and you might not have, you or I might not have access to another person's way of knowing and, and, and what, you know, and, and ways of thinking. And also the, the, the cultural relativity, uh, relativity concept is, it's all, it's all baked in to that definition of culture. Right. But if you're just reading this as a parent or first of all, parents aren't reading this stuff for the most part, obviously, unless unless they come across it somewhere and, and happen to look at it. But, you know, parents, teachers aren't, aren't really reading this stuff. They're too busy. Like we talked about before, people are too busy. Right. But even if even if they are reading it, it looks relatively reasonable enough without knowing the background stuff. It looks relatively reasonable enough to kind of let it pass, right? Okay, it's you know, culture responsive education. Culture is multiple, uh, multiple components about your identity, you know, whatever. But when you understand the, interse- the, the, the intersectionality theory in it, the standpoint epistemology, the cultural relativity, that's all baked into this. Um, you can you can just see the problems. Okay, and just one thing like on this, the the, the, the intersectionality and the identity thing, right? So, and, you know, like I said, in middle schools and stuff, this was in the, like, after 2013. Now it's coming in through K through 12. And in in Canada, in two provinces, it started in 2017. Now it's in three provinces, fully K through 12. Uh, and it's then it's sprinkled here and there in other provinces. But now... This is something that's new and it's relatively new and this is only at the university level or people, you know, PhDs writing papers and stuff, right? So BIPOC. So you have people of color. Now you have BIPOC. BIPOC is black and indigenous people of color. So first it was white people, oppressed people of color. So white people step back, let people of color come up front. Now it's uh, brown people weren't as oppressed as much as black and indigenous people. So white people step back, brown people, like white people step to the, to the absolute back, brown people step to the middle back, and black and indigenous people step up to the front because they were the most oppressed. Now something, and this was in the last year, maybe 18 months I started reading this, and I, I'm not an academic and I don't go into this, right? But in the last couple of months I started seeing, and this is coming straight out of post-colonial theory, which is uh, Black people, even though they were brought over as slaves, they were brought over by the colonizers. The slave labor helped the colonizers, so they aided in the colonization, and they helped oppress the indigenous people. The slaves. Oh, here we go. Okay, now this is the yeah. Okay, so this is breaking it down where it's telling you who you should hate, and it's creating those divisions. Now, this is nowhere near the elementary school level. I'm not worried about, but. If this keeps going five years down the road, is that going to come into the curriculum where they're going to tell you how exactly you're supposed to hate each color? 
And well, and they're, and they're being primed with the fundamentals of this of this uh, of this theory early on, right? So as as they get older and learn more the the new you know the uh, further further along it goes, they're already primed for it. It, it. It's nuts, and it's like when I see my friends talking about this stuff, and I try to tell them, and they're like, "Oh no, no, no!" But it's it's you know, I'm like, "You're not fighting racism," like this telling people that indigenous people like slaves had it better off than indigenous people this is not you know and this is not it shouldn't be a fight like who was like slavery was an awful thing what happened to you know in Canada say first nations or native americans like what happened there was horrific like why you know, like are you, why are you trying to compare these two and why are you trying to you know there's not a lot of you know native americans left right Black people, I think, in the United States, like 13%. I think Native Americans is about 3 to 6%, something like that. Okay. Why are you trying to get them to fight against each other? Why not, you well, know, <laughs> you know, like, and, and what you're saying is how it, you know, it continually divides. It, con- it continually, you know, separates. Um, you know, I'm sure however many years from now, right, they're going to break that down even further. And there's going to be, you know... Slaves that supported um, colonialism, and you know, and, and, and slaves that didn't, or in, you know, indigenous folks that um, they're, they're going to problematize it some way or another. There's it's it's a never ending it's a never ending uh, process. Yeah. It, 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 okay. And when you okay, sorry, I I know you keep, but but I I just keep wanting to throw in a little example so people can maybe understand it. Like this, like, you know, the work is never done, right? And again, to bring this back to a religious framework. It doesn't matter how nutty they can have. I don't care how crazy he is religiously. He at least offers you salvation, right? You can go to heaven. Like there's 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 a reward. There is nothing here. The work is never done. You always have to engage. You're there, like there, like I can see in some sense buying the religious story because it gives you the reward, the afterlife. There. Like I don't see buying this story. Like okay, right. you know, I, I just don't get it. So let's let's because because we touched on it. Um, but you you brought it up. The, you know, uh, the concept of anti being anti racist, right? Yeah. So and I think that's important for for people to to understand. Um, when when I imagine when when people hear the the, the term being anti racist, they they probably think you know that 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 they are that that they are anti racist. They're, they're not they're not racist. Um, so they, they consider themselves an anti-racist, but no, that's not, that's not what it means. Right. There's a, or, or, you know, they really, there's no such thing as not being racist, right. In this, in this, in this ideology, it's either you are a racist or you are anti-racist. And what anti-racist means is, is you are, you know, kind of nonstop, always looking for the, the racism that, um, that, that exists. And and um, you know it's it's not that you're always calling out privilege. You're always on the offensive, you know. And okay, I don't know if you want to get into this, but allyship. I see a lot of my friends doing this too. I'm an ally, and they don't know what it means. Being an ally is just not being on someone's side. It's not just saying yeah, okay, you know, we'll support whatever. It's you put yourself if you're white you get out of the way and let people of color ahead of you, you know, some people say go as far as give up your position 
Um, you have to continuously be anti-racist. It's not just good enough for you to go to a demonstration. It's not just good enough to you, for you to share information. You have to continuously go out there and check your privilege and fight against it. And if you don't, if you're just an average decent person who's not racist, who will defend your friends if something happens, who you know might go to a protest, might go to a, a, a speech or something like this, try to inform themselves, you're called a good Not white. enough. Yeah, you're a good white. You're just showing how good you are so you can let your racism, you can you have cover to be racist yourself. And like and all these terms are so horrible. Like a good white. You know, like come on. And these like to call themselves anti-racist is just, you know, it's like Antifa saying they're anti-fascist. It's the same nonsensical crap. It's, it's, yep, word games. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know different. You know, it's, uh, word the words have completely different meaning. You know, almost opposite <laughs> meanings yeah. of what you would expect them to was what you know what you would expect them to mean. Um, so you mentioned earlier about the thing with 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 time and with um, you know students turning working late or showing up late or, or whatever it is, right? So literally at, at, at one, of, one of these, these conferences in, in New York State, um, the, you know, the keynote speaker did a, did a whole, whole spiel on this in terms of, you know, there's d- different cultures have different, um, different ideas of time. You know, there's, there's precise time and there's relative time, right? It's like precise time means, you know, you're, you're, you're governed by the clock, you know? <laughs> relative time means you're governed by, you know, what's going on and, and how, you know, how you want to respond to it. So, I mean, it, this is, this is, these are the ideas that, that are out there, right? <laughs> this is what's being presented. Like whatever, like go back to the early 2000s. I mean, even before that, go back to the 70s. I think you could see it. You know, you'd have black comedians talking about white time, white people time, and black people time. And then, like, okay, you know, I grew up. I was born in India. Like, I, I grew up a lot of you know, my family's Indian, like some Pakistani, whatever. And we joke around it. It's like brown people time or white people time. It's like, you know, it's yeah. like <laughs> but yeah, but as you know, right, right. Listen, every every. All different people have different concepts of time, and it doesn't matter what color your, what color your skin is, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, but, but this is, but, but when, when they start, like, talking about it seriously in terms of, you know, allowing late work or, or you know, or, or, you know, creating policies on, on different cultures' understanding of time, I mean, you, you, can, you can see how that's, you know, yeah. it just gets, oh, yeah, but, it gets crazy. But okay, I mean, school is supposed to prepare you for the world. Now, I think elementary school and even high school should be more about, you know, obviously you got to teach the basics, teach a read, right? But once you get the basics down, so like about around third grade, I think it should turn more to a critical thinking. Like, you know, obviously you have to teach kids, you know, trigonometry, like they have to advance, but it should be taught more about how to think, not what to think. And it, sh- and it should be to prepare them for university, which will then prepare them for the world. But it should be preparing them for open, you know, getting ready for the world. So unless you expect the world to be, well, gee, boss, you know, uh, I knew I was supposed to do this guy's heart surgery today, but I felt like I'm going to do it tomorrow because I'm, I'm on a different time than you are. The world won't work. 
<laughs> no, no, but I mean, yeah, whatever. We just figured this plane could land at a different time. So, you know, you know like you're not going to have air traffic controllers looking at different times, like culturally time sensitive air traffic controllers. Like what the hell? Man? Right. And, and, and of course, you know, when they're talking about that, you know, they're, 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 I'm sure, wanting to implement it in their own, um, you know, sub, in their own subjective area, you know, certain areas, you know, mm -hmm. we can use precise time in this area and we want to use, you know, relative time in this area. Who knows? I have no idea. It's, it's crazy. You know, the whole idea is, 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 is it's nuts. It's nuts. But you talked about. Um, okay. Just one little it, really, really, really stupid thing. The relative time yeah. thing. There was a paper from the 90s. Uh, I'll try to dig it up for you. But uh, it was argued that the theory of relativity was misogynistic because the speed of light was masculine. So the relative time. Of course it was. This was from the 90s, man. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the speed of light was misogynistic. Or the yeah. theory of relativity. Just when you said relative time. Cause, you know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's how, it, that's how it's being presented. Um, so you touched, on, you touched on critical thinking, right? Um, so that's, a, that's another thing just to just to keep in mind, right? When when you and I think think about critical thinking, right? We, teaching teaching kids how to how to how to think for themselves, or you know to to um, you know research a, research a topic and, and 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 learn from from the various different sides of it, and and, and kind of you know start start to come yeah. to your own conclusions, right? Not always not always just take the word of of your teacher or from one source or whatever, right? To, to develop that, that critical thinking, right? That, mm -hmm. that's how, that's how I think of it. I, you know, and that's how kind of you were describing it. And, and I, and I think you notice as well, what's, what's happening is critical thinking is, is, you know, it's being looked at now as being, being critical, problematizing whatever particular subject that is being studied, right? To, to, to be critical, uh, you know, do you... well, I'm going to push back against a little against that because I think they're not using it. They're not saying critical thinking. That's why they call it critical theory. Well, because... so and that's well, just yeah. real quick. I mean, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying, and, but at the same time, right? The you have the background to, to understand some of that, right? When you're talking, yeah. you know, when, when when lay people hear these terms, I think they're 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 there's a the vagueness, the overlap um, creates a situation where. Um, one can turn into the other very easily. Mm -hmm. But go ahead, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, but just like because to them, critical thinking is whiteness. It's a white way of thinking, right? So they they say, oh, critical thinking is using critical wrong, whereas you know you have to for them it's to criticize everything and find problems and everything. But yeah, so I mean, to them it is a white way of thinking. Critical thinking is the tool of the white person. It's like the um, I don't know if you ever read, read Audrey Lord's paper. Um, and it, so I think it was in '84. You know, the, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. I'm am familiar with with it. I haven't I haven't read okay. it, but I've I've heard you know I've heard okay. the, the concept. Again, she had a very legitimate claim. It was about a meeting she went to at the UN. It was about uh, women of color being oppressed in Africa, and she said, "Look, there was," she goes, "It was you know in the whole committee there was two people that weren't white, you know, which, mm -hmm. and she goes, only one woman that wasn't white, so." If a UN committee, and you might not have the people, like the experts, you know, um, there who are discussing the policy, but at least have a room full of people from that region who've experienced, you know, the issues to talk about, right? Like she was a very valid point, but she, and then she was talking more about capitalism, but 
you cannot use the tools of the master to take down the master's house because the master's house is built by those tools. And it's that can only be said by someone who doesn't understand critical thinking, who doesn't understand science, who doesn't understand reason. Those tools themselves, like those systems are set up with the tools to bring themselves down. Like if I come, if you use the scientific method and, you know, Einstein showed where Newton got gravity wrong. It didn't wipe away Newton, but you know Einstein won, you know, could have won a Nobel Prize. Like when you know, like 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 you you disprove our our best theories, we'll give you our highest reward. It's there, and they're using right. and they're they're using the tools of censorship and oppression. Like these are the oldest tools of the oldest masters who had you know kept everyone down. And, and the tools that liberated the entire world that are there for anyone to use, they're shitting on. And it's just, you know, sorry, rant over. <laughs> no, no, you hit, you, you, you hit a lot of good points. And that's, and that's, that's what it is. That's what's, that's what's being um, brought into the schools, you know? Um, and like I said, I mean, I have a, I have a real pessimistic view, view on this. You know, I'm, I'm out here, I'm trying to raise awareness um, you know, I, I wish I didn't have to do this. Right. I, I, and, and certainly I don't have to do it. Right. I, I didn't, I didn't mean to phrase it that yeah. way, but I'm so, I, I see it as a major problem. Um, I'm, I'm spending the time to, to try to put stuff together, to try to raise awareness. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a major concern. It's, it's definitely a major concern. Well, okay. Frankly, myself too, like I've been on leave, um, for the last, 18 months or so um it's a, it's a nothing serious just a medical thing like it's, it's okay. a very very tiny medical thing but where i was living they couldn't treat it right um so if i didn't have this time i wouldn't have been able to read as much of this stuff as i did you know i, I would have still been floundering around like because because the jordan peterson thing right like i mean i you know he kept calling it postmodernism, and i'm like this is not because i'd read some postmodernism, and i'm like this is not quite what it was and okay, my issue with him was not so much, and like this is completely, it doesn't really. I I don't think he he looked at it as as deeply as he said he did. Like when he had that debate with that guy in Toronto, uh, Swayzik or something like that, I forget his name. You know, it yeah, was a debate on Mar- yeah. yeah, it was a de- debate on Marxism, and it's like, well, I haven't really really read Marx. It's like, well, so you know, can I really? And it's and again, like. Uh, Douglas Murray had a really good term for it. He called it Jesus smuggling. Um, you know, I don't care if you're religious or not. It doesn't bother me. But when he, you know, just say it outright. You, you know, you like that system and you want to build, like, fine. You know, at least I know what I'm saying. He's too wishy-washy. He doesn't give you a definitive answer. That's 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 my issue with him. Not like, I think he's a bad person. I think, you know, he's a horrible, it's none of that stuff. I just don't right. find his arguments convincing. And I find them a little lame. And okay, whatever his book, I'm not discounting that people might have found some use out of it, but it was a self-help book, man. Like Anthony Robbins could have written that, <laughs> you know. Like, it, like those are my issues with him, and like this is like has nothing to do with what we were talking about, but like I, I think that like his tack on it wasn't 100. percent And but I mean, he makes some good points against it, and he he makes some valid arguments. Like I, you know, I yeah, just and no, and and the idea that he and a lot of other people are out there speaking about it and raising awareness is is that alone is helpful enough to just start 
piquing um, people's interest to start learning more about it. You know, that's certainly what happened to me and really got me going and got me got me um, to dig deeper into it and find yeah. out what's going on, you know. Um, yeah, but, but again, it's, you know, you're taking the time, like, you know, obviously people like James and um, Helen and Peter have taken a lot of time in this. Uh, and I know I'm like, Mike's looking at a Benjamin voice. But the majority of the people I see speaking out against it or speaking out in favor of it, it's bad argumentation on both sides. And it's like, I can't, you know, the ones who are against it, I might be for their ultimate goal, but I can't get behind that argumentation. It's just, you know, I, I, I don't want the pendulum to go from one crazy to the other. You know, can we just have it slow down in the middle for a little bit so we can relax and like, you know, have a barbecue and a pint with some buddies? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Can I just be a dumb slob again? Well, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over over the next few years because I, it's being aggressively pushed, and unless people are willing to stand up and push back against it, and so I understand what you're saying, right? There's a concern about the overcorrection, yeah. but you know, at what point does you know? some uh some strength in pushback crossover into you know an overcorrection i you know we're not, we're not even we're not even at the awareness level that oh, yeah. we need to be right now so that's that's not really I'm, I'm not as concerned about that right now i'm concerned about how quickly it's spreading and 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 that so many people are really that that it's completely under the radar um, and listen, I'll be honest with you, as far as I'm concerned, like this, this is a national scandal. Like this is a scandal happening under our noses. Um, and it's, and, and I think it has a lot to do with the, the power of political correctness, really suppressing people from, uh, even the ones that the, the few that that know that know about it and are concerned about it and, and would want to push it back against it, um, it's suppressing their ability to to speak out about it. Now, you know, whether people should, you know, individual people should have, you know, the, the strength to stand up and 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 do that. You know, I, you know, some people re- refer to you know either administrators or or, or 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 teachers that that don't speak out against it that know about it maybe as cowards, you know, that might be the, the case in some situations, but at the same time, right, they're under a lot of pressures um, to, and to kind of go with, go with the, the, the flow, you know, there's a, there's a lot of political correct um, no, pressure. No, but to, okay, at, the, at the same time, like, I have friends who tell me, oh, I wish I could talk about that. Uh, I can't because I'm white. And they're afraid of getting fired, whatever. And like, these, like you know, these teachers and administrators, I get that too. Like they've got that fear and it's, you know, people are afraid, forget like teachers and administrators. Everyone's afraid to get out and talk about this because, you know, uh, am I going to get canceled on, you know, something, you know, people are going to gang up on me on Facebook or whatever. Like the average person doesn't realize how bad this can get. And so they're, they're, they're worried about it or they see people like, you know, like, you know, get rid of JK Rowling because she said something reasonable. You know, right. Like, like right. they see this insanity and it's just like, huh, what are you talking about? And I can see where people are worried. And okay, that's the overcorrection I'm worried about. I'm worried about 
okay, forget school then. I'm going to homeschool my kids. Forget university. We're going to have, you know, people just discount expertise where expertise is important. And we're, we're diluting all these things. Like, you know, I don't want to see a country where it's Candace Owens running against Cortez. Like, I, I, like imagine that. Like, you had a choice between Candace Owens and Cortez. Not that, like, Trump is some genius or whatever, but I'd be like, both of those people are the exact same thing. They're they're idiotic. You know, the, the focus of their hate is something different, but they're just as dumb, each of them. I, I think both of them are stupid. I think both of them are idiotic. I think neither of them has anything of any value to say. And, and that's what I'm afraid of. Like, I'm afraid of people just to be edgy are going to say stupid things. People just to be edgy are going to say the N-word on the street. Just to be edgy, they're going to, you know, start, uh, you know, not being transphobic, but just picking on, just yelling things at trans people just to be edgy. Oh, I don't really mean it. I'm just, you know, that's the kind of overcorrection I'm really worried about. Yeah, well, I think what really has to eventually happen and and I you know and this is one this is one of the concerns because I I don't I don't think it's going to be easy to an easy thing to uh to get to happen is people in the middle people who are who are who are reasonable and have you know uh you know to use uh, Jonathan you know Rouse's terms the, 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 the liberal ideals the um those those fundamental concepts who are who are not dogmatic in, in either one of the, the, the spectrum of views, right, are gonna have to start standing up and and you know pushing back against this. But that there's a lot of um, reasons why that's gonna be very difficult to do and I, I'm not op- optimistic that that's gonna happen. Not anytime soon anyway. Yeah. It, you know, because it, you know, because it comes down to at the same time, like I like I said earlier, you know, the the threat level doesn't seem immediate enough at at this point, really, to raise to the level where people are going to be willing to sacrifice their time, their efforts, maybe even their you know their money to 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 focus and start pushing back against it. So until until the concern raises to that high enough of a of a threat level. Um, it's it's going to continue to spread but i mean like i think okay for like this is in schools now but i mean it's it's been out in you know you can kids will see it on the internet kids will see it kids are a lot more online than most the average adult right so they're seeing a lot more of this stuff so like that rise in depression that rise in anxiety that rise in all kinds of psychological problems that are coming into kids right you know and you're you know you keep hearing about it like you know teenagers being or like kids like you know, 11 or 12 being given like a, a cocktail of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine i'm like where's all that coming from right you're creating anxious kids like if that doesn't alarm people i don't know what does well i'll be honest with you um with the social and emotional learning uh, initiatives that are in schools as well um i mean you, in my opinion you're going to continue to see uh inc- increases in, in those issues and in anxiety, depression issues, and also this culturally responsive education, ethnic studies, um, equity uh, mindset is also being infused into these social and emotional learning uh, 
programs. So like this is all kind of happening at the same time. And it's all it's it's developing this this perfect storm of uh, of problems that that are going to be with be with kids and be with the, the system for for a while. That, that, that's how I see it. I mean, I mean, time will tell. Right. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. But to to wait till it gets to a point where it's beyond, you know, beyond repair. Like, I, I, I can't I can't do that. I have to I have to start speaking out about it. Yeah. I, I, like, I'm just the same thing here. I'm just trying to bring, you know, I, I want more people to know about it. I want my friends who have kids to know about it. I want, you know, if you're just concerned about general society and again, I'm really concerned about some things like I don't. Okay. And I don't blame this on Trump. Like all these, oh, Trump empowered these people. No, like Trump got in and these people, yes. You know, like the, the, the assholes down in Charlottesville and all that crap, right? They felt, okay, whatever he gave us some legitimacy because he's fighting back against this shit. And which is, it is shit. But again, it's the wrong way to do it. So you had this building up in colleges for a while. And like I said, in, in you know, junior and senior year of high school. So you already had kids who were like experienced it and they're like, fuck you. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be told that I'm evil because I'm white. So they went, they became one of those assholes in khaki pants carrying tiki torches in Charlottesville. Sure, that, that's going to you know? be an effect. Okay. And I, I, okay, what those guys did, I blame on them. But, you know, if you keep telling someone they're evil at one point or other people are like yeah i guess i am then, right and it's you know it's we had a handle on a lot of this stuff like it, kkk was always there white supremacist groups were always there but they were they didn't feel a need to come out and it wasn't that trump brought them out it's they felt i guess safe or whatever because of trump and this is not even an indictment of trump i don't like cheeto man i think he's a complete disaster but <laughs> They just felt okay. We got a guy who's standing back, standing up to them, so we can then, oh, you know, we can stand up to them ourselves. But they don't look at like they think of like there is a reason why these people are standing up for themselves. You push them into a corner. Just you know, if you came back just a little bit, the ones who weren't completely crazy, you could probably talk them back down. It's. So listen, so and and um, so you you had James Lindsay on on your yeah. your podcast. You know, I, I uh, spoke with James. You, I spoke with Helen. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So and and I remember you guys talking about you know the the upcoming election. So I mean, let's look at it from both different angles, right? If Trump wins, and and you guys discussed this to yeah. uh, you know to some extent, right? If if Trump wins, that's going to be proof. You know, to to the to the folks that have this ideology, this worldview that everything's white supremacy, everything is, uh, yep. you know, power imbalances, all this stuff, you know, uh, privilege and oppression. That's going to be proof that that they were right. Right. So it's only going to amplify and energize them to to push this stuff more. Um, if a Democrat wins. Right. I, I'm going to see it. Well, I'm not I'm not going to see it. I, I think. It's going to be seen as proof that their efforts in 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 promoting this worldview that 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 was right, 
right? And they're, now, now amplify and energize them to continue to push it. And and on the other side, like like you said, um, there's going to be there's going to be a backlash. So this is we're in the pregame of this insanity, as far as I'm concerned. As crazy as it is now, I, I think I think there's going to be you know it it. I don't see um, I don't see it ending, you know, anytime soon. Okay, and and this is like okay, the the racism stuff, right? Just like to, to give you an example of this. If you're a white person, you're supposed to when they say listen to people of color, it's listen, shut up and listen and do what we tell you because you do not experience racism, you do not know what racism is. So you should just take my word for it if I say something's racist. And if you ask me to explain how it's racist, you are then demanding my emotional labor, and that's again racist. So you have no way of knowing how it's racist. Asking me to explain it to you is racist in itself, so you can never find out. You'll never know why it's racist. You'll never know what racism is. It's a no-win situation. So like what you're talking about, if Trump wins or loses, like Evergreen College, after that meltdown happened, uh, they went full on social justice, even more than they were before, and they're just doubling down and doubling down. Their enrollment started dropping. So if enrollment drops, it will grow to prove that white supremacy forced them to shut. If they win, if it doesn't, then <laughs> no, then white you know, people are fed up with white supremacy and they find, want to fight it. No matter what you do, it's white supremacy. No matter what you do, it's whiteness. If it's intersectional feminism, no matter what you do, it's the patriarchy and misogyny. If it's gender theory, it's no matter what you do, it's transphobia. If it's queer theory, no matter what you do, it's homophobia. It's like they take very important issues. Like this is the biggest problem with it. Like, intersectionality was a very, like I said, the idea was very good. So where a woman, like where if you're black and you're a woman, you face different kinds of oppression. When you are a black woman, you face a third kind of oppression that no one else knows. And it, it makes sense. And there is some important stuff there. But then it takes something very complicated, and it's just always a univariant answer. It's racism, it's whiteness, it's misogyny, it's homophobia. It's all it is is just that, and nothing else. And it's the worst way to deal with this shit. It, so, and that's and that's the dilemma, right? That's the dilemma. How you know how does this play out? Um, certainly, certainly with social media. You have a perpetual problematizing machine <laughs> on a mass scale to, you know, there's, there's, um, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't have the answer for, for, for yeah. how it's, how it's going to play out, but I, I don't see it. I don't see things settling down any, anytime soon. Um, and I think just people, more and more people just have to wake up to what's going on and more and more people have to, have to get involved, um, and that's why I'm so concerned about, you know, the K the K-12 education system is, is, you know, as more and more of these kids are indoctrinated into this ideology at such a young age, you know, like you said before, you know, as they get older and, and other other concepts are introduced to them, they're already they're already primed and prepped to to accept them. Um, so. So listen, I'll be honest with you. Um, that's why I'm focusing so much on, on yeah, it's younger education, right? Because first of all, that's where it can be, start to be turned around, mm -hmm. right? I, I think you can start to turn it around, um, with the, with the younger grades, you know, stop teaching this stuff in the younger grades. 
And but if it doesn't, if we don't have some alternative uh, method being taught to these kids, then that's what that's what they're being taught. That's what they're being indoctrinated into. Like I saw you post about this. There's, you know, because uh, you're going to these meetings and stuff. But there are a couple of meetings where they're discussing curriculum, where at the last minute they close it off to parents. Right? It's like they're trying to do this in secret. They're they're, they're not trying, like, like when you're teaching this to kids, and if you want, like, you know, they're doing it because people might push back. But you know, like what you're saying, like we have to give them something else. Let's not do something crazy where you don't have anything else in lined up. You can't just create a vacuum, right? Uh, you can say go back to what we were doing before and we'll come up with something new again, right? But like when these guys talk about breaking down the system, what are they going to break down the system? What are they going to replace it with? They don't they don't have a replacement. That's that's exactly right. That's you know what is, what is what is their what is their end game besides tearing everything down, right? Exactly what you're saying. There there is there is no there is no plan or you know, their plan is once they're in power to to tell everybody what to do. <laughs> That's their plan. Um, but um, frankly, I mean, so I... so the the meeting that that you were talking about um, might have been. I'm not exactly sure which 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 one you're, you're, it was, you're talking it was, about. It was maybe like just after the new year, or it might have been like in yeah. November or something like that. It so was... obviously, so we have a whole issue with the um, and you know. Vaccine, the vaccine issue, and, and students mm-hmm. having to be vaccinated be, be, become before they come to become, um, you know, start mm-hmm. school, and and there's a, so there was a whole kind of pushback against some of that. Who people don't, some people that didn't want to have their mm-hmm. their their children vaccinated, and I, that might have been the one that you were talking about. And and no, no, no this this wasn't a vaccination thing. This was specifically oh. about um, a curriculum. It was about curriculum. It wasn't about. Um, vaccinations or anything like that it was they were talking specifically about curriculum and then they shut parents out and they wouldn't let them come in and give their concerns yeah I, i'm not sure if i posted that that, that might have been one um a meeting down in in in, in new york city um i'm not i'm not sure uh, exactly which, which, which one yeah i should have pulled it up sorry i didn't mean to yeah yeah well. no that, that's fine that that's fine um the bottom line is you know parents have to start learning about this um, and and understand the concepts, pay attention to what's being taught in their school. So the, the other thing is too, just kind of real quick, um, you know, when, when people see this in writing, when people see, the, you know, occasionally a teacher will assign an, uh, a worksheet or an assignment, right? And that a student can take home, uh, you know, and, and parents can actually see what it is. That's when, that's when they start raising concerns. That's when they go to the school board, you know. That's when they that's when they push back. But I think a lot of this right now is just being taught through, you know, through classroom, you know, it's through just speaking, through the lectures, through what's going on, um, you know, what the, the students are being told, right? I think if and when you start seeing more actual hard um, assignments come in, right? Then you will see parents starting to, to get worked up about it. That, like that intersectionality worksheet that um, you, you might've seen yeah. recently, right? Yeah. right? Students were actually assigned that, you know, that, that, that parody worksheet. And with that, to me, not only is that ridiculous, 
that some teacher or a group of teachers decided that that we're going to um, assign this worksheet to our students. I mean, the bigger issue there is what kind of, you know, at school environment, what kind of environment um, is the education system in now where teachers would even think that that ridiculous parody, well, I mean, they didn't realize it was a parody, but that that ridiculous worksheet would be okay to assign to students, right? That's, that's what um, that incident kind of shows me. There's, there's, a, there's an environment that allows teachers to think that something like that would be even okay to do. Yeah, and it's, like, again, I, I, you know, I can't blame individual teachers because I've been following a lot of teachers. I've been speaking to a bunch of them. And I've known this for years. I have friends who are teachers. I mean, they're so overworked themselves that if they're, just, if they're just given a curriculum, you know, it sounds good or whatever, they follow it. They might not. And again, they might not know what's in the background of this stuff, right? Someone who's been teaching for 20 years might not know where this is right, coming that's, from. Exactly. Yep. And that's it, another it, part of it. It sounds good. And it's just, okay, let, just let it go. And, it, you know, so, okay, the Will Roche, uh, Roche uh, he did a talk with someone recently and, um, you know, the fact that people think school is a right and or it's an obligation, like you expect, you expect schools to do everything. So, uh, so okay. And I, I mean, I heard the conversation. I really liked it and that was just one part of it. But I should have, like when I spoke to him, I should have given him a little bit of pushback on that. Like, I, I don't think, I think we should think of education as a right. And either you educate your kid, like the education is a right of the kids, not of your right. So either you educate your kids or you agree to let schools do it. But the schools are there to educate your kids, not to form their values and their morals and their ethics. That should come from home. And the schools can teach about how morals can get together to form a society, and as you know, uh, uh, like a civil society or a culture or whatever. But so I think... I think there's, and again, this is a, a time thing, and it's no one has time, no one has, and we'd harp it on this a lot. Like, you know, there needs to be something. Like, I think we need to go back to a different way of looking at how we look at education, like an older way, not like the old beat the kids and whatever, but like a more grounded way where it's it's a cooperation between the parents and the teachers. It's not just, oh, you're teaching my kids this, you know, well, how dare you, or you know you got to be better at home. You know, teachers calling child protective services for stupid reasons, like it happens up here. Or, you know, like there shouldn't be a conflict between teachers and parents. You should be working more together to get the best for your kids. Well, there's a there's a breakdown. What, what contributes to that a, a lot is there's a there's a breakdown um, in student behavior. And, and 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 student discipline um, and there's a there's a there's a lot of reasons for that yeah. but that to me that is that is the core um, that that's step one you know if, you, if you're trying to create a school environment there has to be a level of discipline where kids are you know kids are coming in in to learn right I mean but but there's a major problem with the breakdown of, of student behavior and there is reluctance um, for, for a variety of reasons 
um, to, to discipline students. And this is a major problem. One of the one of the things that I, you know, every year as, as a board member, you're, you're allowed to kind of give like suggested board goals for the year. Right. Um, and, and, you know, everybody submits them in and then you narrow them down and you vote on what, you know, what the, the board goals want to be for, for that year. So um, my second and third year, you know, on, on the board, my 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 suggested goal was, you know, to was to look at behavior, you know, get get a baseline measure of, of, of the school climate of student behavior, um, because to me, that's that's. Like I said before, that's the number one issue. That, that that's a fundamental. That you have to start from, from a, a level of discipline. You know, so so, but there's a there's a breakdown. There's a breakdown. That, that that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. But but that is definitely at the core of, and that that also. <laughs> those behavior problems are going to get worse as this cultural responsive um, oh. education, these ethnic studies come in. Um, for a variety of reasons, that's going to make those problems worse. All of these things are are, are going to going to combine and compound these problems. Um, so, I mean, it, it, like I said before, this is a pessimistic out, out look on this. But in my in my view, the edu- you know it's heading to a no- towards a nosedive. Oh, totally. Um, t- time will tell. Time will tell. You know, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to say it. But uh, I'd be happy to be wrong. I'd be happy to be a complete idiot on this. Very, very happy to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, like, I'll, I'll let you go shortly, but I'll just let you like look at this school in England called the Michaela School. Yes. OK. Um, I've, I've been following. Yeah. Uh, I spoke with Catherine, uh, the, the headmistress there, like the, the woman who founded it. OK, some of her stuff, I, I think she's a little too like I, I don't want to call her draconian. I don't want to I don't want to. I think some things are a little too strict, but it seems to be working, and, you know, and it's like, you know, the, the, the one rule where kids can't talk in between classes. Like, so you're going from one class to another. She says the kids like it. She says it's discipline, whatever, it, if it's working, whatever. But at, at that point, I, I think that's just a little too much. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of, okay, you know what? No smartphones. And that's a damn good idea. Yeah. You know, okay, I understand you want your kids to have a, a way to communicate. That's awesome. Kids lost. But one of those old little Nokia telephones, you can text them, you can talk to them. They don't need a smartphone, you know, little things like that. But but they are also going back to a very basic. Okay, it's not uh, corporal punishment or anything like that. But you know, you get detention. It, it, they're not going to give you better treatment because you're brown or black or white or whatever, right? You so get, now you're getting into the just real quick. You're getting into the, the you know the restorative justice, restorative practices uh, uh, form of, of student discipline. But uh, go ahead, and that and that's yes, go ahead. Yeah, that, that's what Michaela is doing. And okay, I think they had their first year of exams uh, this past, like they just finished the last school year, and so it was their first class that went through from, um, I think it was like finishing high school, like their equivalent of finishing high school, and it was some of the best marks, like you know, like nationwide exam marks like final exams some of the best in the country were coming from that school and people when they were first being founded all oh, these are working class kids they're poor neighborhoods they're not going to learn they're not going to want to do this blah, blah 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 and blew everyone out of the water yeah I, I, I've been keeping an eye on it and and I might I might have confused you a little bit when I when I jumped in there before I, I didn't mean to do that but when I when I referred to the restorative justice restorative practices mm-hmm. approach discipline um, so I, I 
I, I don't know for sure, but I, I don't think that that's what she's using. That that's more of a um, yeah. kind of looking looking at student discipline in turn in as a, as a as a teachable moment, or as or as looking at you know why did a student behave this way, and 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 you know and certainly that can be that can work in certain situations yeah. depending on the student, depending on the um, the administrator that is you know, uh, that, that is, is giving that, that discipline to the student. But on a large scale, it breaks down because people don't understand it and it, and it just it just breaks down. Um, you know, there's got to be, there's got to be, a, 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 you know, some type of, some type of punishment for, for misbehaving in class, for, for you know, whatever the, whatever the rules of conduct are, for breaking the rules of conduct, there's got to be, there's got to be a strict a strict discipline code, yeah. and and enforcement. That the obviously the enforcement is the key piece. Yeah, and and, it, and it's got to be fair. And what I you know like fair in the sense of you know, little Billy doesn't do his homework, and you know, little Billy gets detention. You know, little Timmy doesn't do his homework. And I think all things being equal, you know, little Timmy didn't do his homework because his grandmother died. That's understandable, right? <laughs> but little Billy, little Timmy go home. Little Timmy watches TV, doesn't do his homework. Little Billy, to whatever reason, doesn't do his homework. One gets punished, the other doesn't. You can't do that. You have to show kids that punishment is fair across the board. Like, you can't show that some people will get punished and others won't. And right, like I said, you, know, you, you do take some things into consideration, you know, traumatic events happening, whatever. But yeah, you have to do, you know, kids have to be shown there's a consequence and kids have to be shown that everyone will face the same consequences. You know, you, you um, can't play favorites. So I, right, and, and I agree with you, but um, in terms of some of the behavior problems that, that I was speaking to, I'm talking about more, you know, even more aggressive behavior, you know, violent behavior. Um, you know, they're, they're seeing an increase in, in, in these types of, in these types of behaviors in, in the schools, which is obviously causing disruptions of the of the classrooms, um, it, that that is actually okay. Some of that this is a, a, a big okay, problem. Okay, this isn't you know like this is just going to be you and me talking. Like obviously, don't expect neither of us have expertise in this, right? Um, so I, you hear a lot about a lot of things, like especially here, and I've seen it in the states where you know one kid throws a snowball, another kid, oh my god, that's bullying, that's violence. Kid suspended for throwing a snowball. Like, when we grew up, you'd go out at recess, you'd go out at lunch, you know, you'd throw snowballs at your friends, you, you roughhouse, you play. Kids are letting their aggression out, you know, like especially little boys. If right. you curtail all that, you know, it's going to come out. Like, little kids can't control themselves as well as adults, and most adults can't control themselves. You know, like, so if you don't well, let... You know, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh Part of this, and this, like I said, it kind of gets into a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, part of this has to do with 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 the expansion of of the designation of of students with with disabilities to students who um, who are exhibiting uh, behavior problems, right? That that aren't related uh, to you know some some type of disability. I mean, they're just acting up. You know, whatever, you know, whatever behavior problems there are, you know, 
there are, there are students in, in these cases that are being designated as students with, with disabilities, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so, so behavior problems are now, you know, being, being looked at, you know, more, more as, as a disability, right? Versus maybe, yeah. a, and, 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 and depending on, depending on the situation, it may be the case. But what I'm saying is that the, the definition is, is expanding and more and more students who, who should not be classified under a student, you know, with, with disabilities are being classified under that. Yeah, like for, ADHD. For, specifically like, just for a behavior problem. No, ADHD. Like there shouldn't be that many kids with ADHD. Like, you know, like it's... You well, know, that, that gets into the whole, right, the whole yeah. medicalization of, of every, every uh, you know, uh, human emotion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, man, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I might have to I should come back at one point because there is so much to this stuff. Um, where and that's the issue with it. There's yeah. so much. There's yeah. so much. And, I listen, I appreciate you having me on, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I, you know, I'm glad to have the opportunity yeah. to talk to you. But uh, where can people like find your stuff? Where they can follow you? Like uh, any, any links you want to send? They want me to put up? Just send them to me. I'll put them in the description. Okay. Yeah. So I post most of the stuff. Um, most of the stuff on on, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I tried to create. I've never. I've never been on Facebook. You know. I tried to create a Facebook account. I, I did. I created a Facebook account. I posted. You know, one or two things. But like. That that's a whole nother Facebook is a whole nother kind of it's a whole yeah. kind of animal. I just have no interest in, in Facebook. I that that that's just me. So I don't post too much on there. Um, but you know I, I do post most of the stuff on on uh, on Twitter. I have I have a handful of videos on YouTube for those who might be interested. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't posted in, in a little while. I, I, I got burnt out. I mean, yes. just just the amount of time and effort that I was putting into it, the, the, the research, the, you know, the, the, and, and then also, you know, reading the, the material that we're dealing with is very disturbing and, and, and depressing when, you know, when you're reading it and, and, and you're and you're yeah. in it for so long. Um, so I, I had to take a, a little bit of a break. Um, I, I plan on trying to to get get back at it. And now that I have, you know, a lot more um, documents and, and, and things that, that I can show people because I think that that's what really helps, you know, so that, that's, that's my, that's my hope is to, is to, um, you know, start presenting, a, a, you know, some more of that and, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I appreciate the people that have been, that have been following along and, and have been, um, you know, communicating with me, sharing information with me. Um, it's, it's been a big help and, you know, and I see more and more people getting involved and you know that's that's the my that's the hope piece you know that 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 that, that gives me hope you know that more people are, are are asking questions and are and are and are getting involved and and starting to learn more about it and and um, certainly you know like I said before I, I appreciate you you know shedding light on it I, I know certainly this isn't the only you know only podcast you've done on this and and the more we can do the more we yeah. can raise awareness the better. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyways, thanks a lot, and thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back.